0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: listening to scott wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth you call these bagels it's bagels and bad beats with scott wetzel Bagels and bad meats on a Thursday morning, hour number two of our two hour extravaganza. Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time. You want to follow me on Twitter? Send a tweet. It is at OppositePix. That's O P P O S I T E. Pix P I C K S. You want to email me? Go to my website, oppositepicks.com, hit the contact, Scott icon, and fire away. Obviously, phone calls as well, 844-843-6879. Again, toll-free, 844-843-6879. We had soccer returning last night, MLS, another snooze fest. Obviously, I shouldn't be surprised, right? Orlando knocking off Miami two to one, no one in the stands, but you know what, quite frankly, this could have been a regular MLS game. I mean, who's to say, because no one goes to MLS games anyway, takes an hour just to find the final score. I actually watched just to kind of get a feel for how it was going to be played. No one in the stands and all that other stuff. I I had, I watched for maybe 20 minutes um, about, well, I shouldn't say that, about 20 minutes, from about the 10-minute mark to about the 35-minute mark. There was no score, and it was just your typical soccer game, just your absolute typical soccer game. There's another game that starts in literally three hours from now, 9 o'clock Eastern time, New York and Philadelphia. If you're desperate for sports, I'd just as soon watch cockroaches cross the street. I really would uh, than watch MLS soccer, any kind of soccer for that matter. But players knelt. Some did. Some stood. Uh, they all raised their fists before the game. Little solidarity, Black Lives Movement. So, yeah, no, nothing harmful there. Okay, not a big deal. Ivy League canceled its fall schedule, so no football. Ohio State, you know, paused its voluntary work uh, workouts. Stanford eliminated eleven sports programs. You're seeing more and more and more of this go on, and I, I tell you. NFL might have a season just because it's the NFL, and the Ravens announced that they're only going to have 14,000 people per game in a 71,000-seat stadium. I got a feeling the NFL is going to go full steam ahead, but I kind of doubt that the college football world is going to have college football. I, I think Ivy League is the first of what's going to eventually be betting. I think they're in a lot of trouble. Uh, with these young kids who don't know any better and kind of are forced, I, I would be very, very surprised if we have a college football season. A lot to discuss. Well, coming up, our number two, we'll do that That stuff has just got to make you laugh. It it just has to make you laugh. Bagels and bad beats on a Thursday morning, 844-843-6879. Isn't it just remarkable? No matter who it is, good guy, bad guy, on a team that you hate, on a team that you like, offensive player, defensive player, basketball, football, baseball, whatever the case may be, Isn't it remarkable how these guys sign these monster, ridiculous contracts that are so far above what everyone else is making, i.e. Pat Mahomes there, who then has then the audacity, every last one of them to come out at the press conference after the announcement and say, well, it really wasn't about the money. No, no, really, Pat. Okay, you, you held out for. Maybe not a holdout, but you uh, settled for $45 million a year, which is $10 million a year more than the next highest-paid quarterback, Russell Wilson, but it wasn't about the money. Yeah, no, of course not. Why would it be about the money when you're getting, you know, basically 25% more than the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history, oh, by the way? Why would it be about the money when you're taking $45 million? Why would it be about the money when you have 53 other players on your team currently set to make less than $1 million and you're going to make $45 million? But no, no, it's not about the money. No, of course not. Of course not. And I'm sure they're going to put all $45 million of that under the salary cap in future years, so you're going to be able to sign whoever you want. So good old Chris Jones, who's under the franchise tag now and not happy about a defensive end teammate of yours who's pissed off because the chefs aren't coming to the table with more guaranteed money. I'm sure he is now thrilled knowing it wasn't about the money for you and that you're leaving some cap space for the chefs to go sign him to a monster guaranteed deal. I'm sure that's now going to happen. Right, Kansas City fans? I'm sure. No, not about the money. What a crock. Listen, I like Pat Mahomes as much as the next guy, face of the NFL, terrific future, I'm sure. But don't sit there and sign a half a billion dollar contract and then 48 hours later tell me it's not about the money. Please, don't treat me like an idiot, okay? I got enough of that around my house here. The wife does that. The kids do that. The neighbors do that. Bosses do that. Please, you, Pat Mahomes, don't fall into that category and do the same darn thing, okay? Don't sign, again, a a half-a-billion-dollar contract and try and tell me it's not about the money when, quite frankly, you could have signed... $300 million contract, a 400 even million dollar contract, God forbid, only a $200 million contract if it wasn't about the money. And you know who's next. You do know who's next, right? It's going to be Dak Prescott. You know, Dak Prescott's going to sign a long-term deal with the Dallas Cowgirls. And after bitching and moaning and bickering and negotiating back and forth, both sides, not just him, but both sides. He's going to get his probably five-year, oh, $200 million contract, probably $40 million a year or so, and, you know, same as uh, Pat Mahomes, same thing's going to come out of his mouth. Well, it really wasn't about the money. It was about respect. It was about just getting what was due me, that's all, whatever words that they want to use. God, these athletes are pathetic. They really are. Just, you know what, I have so much respect, and you get it once in a while from an athlete who just says, you know, I saw, why'd you sign with the, uh, the Miami Marlins? Well, you know, why'd you sign with the, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh pirates or whoever? Well, they pay me the most. That's why simple as that, you know, 30 plus years old. I only got a couple more contracts. If I'm lucky left and I went to the highest bidder, simple as that. That's all they need to do. You know, you, you, they would be surprised how much respect they would garner around the country. If they were just honest, just absolutely honest. I mean, how does, how does Pat Mahomes sit there with a straight face and try and tell the world that it wasn't about the money when he's signing for, $450 million over 10 years, and then you throw in his previous contract. I mean, it, it's just ludicrous. It's just, They must think we're idiots. They really must think we're absolute idiots. And I don't know, again, how much salary cap-wise this is going to affect the team, but when Travis Kelsey's contract is up in a couple of years and the first of the monster, monster years for Mahomes kicks in, we'll see well we'll see how much money they have left for him you know when they want to sign some free agents you know sammy watkins who is not great he hasn't lived up to his number one first round draft status i'll get i'll grant you that but you know i give him a lot of credit he was over on uh, nfl radio and he was talking about how he decided to uh restructure his contract so he took a little bit less money he was set to make 14 million dollars not a lot less but He's going to go from $14 million down to a base of nine with $7 million in incentives, so he could actually make more. But uh, if he doesn't do well, they could only have to pay him $9 million. And, and he said, he, I'd rather be on a winning team. So, I, you know, I'd rather play with Pat Mahomes. I'd rather be on the chefs. I'd rather have a chance to win than be on a lousy football team and make uh, more money because I got enough money uh, to last me five lifetimes. So I give Sammy Watkins a lot of credit. But, you know, in one press conference, you have a Kansas City chef, In Pat Mahomes telling the world that uh, his $450 million contract extension is not about the money. And then you get another guy who's having to restructure his contract and make it all work. And him saying, well, you know what? It really isn't about the money. And then you have a third Kansas City chief who's sitting there, Chris Jones, wanting one of these monster deals. And he's not able to get it because the team won't give him a long-term contract. So... It's nice for the guy who got the long-term contract, who got the security, who got the $450 million extension to say it's not about the money when the other two poor saps are the ones that are getting screwed by the team. We'll see. We'll see about uh, whether it's about the money or not. And I'm telling you, said it yesterday. I said it on Tuesday as well, and I'll continue to say it. This team, no NFL team, will win a Super Bowl when you're paying one player that kind of money. 53, as I've told you, players for Kansas City. Now, a lot of these are free agents. A lot are going to go on a practice squad. Not all 53 players, I get that, are going to actually make the team. But they have 53, according to the records I saw, 53 players under contract that will make less than a million dollars. They only had 29 that are going to make more than a million dollars. And most of those were right around a million two, million three, million four. They really only have a handful of guys. That make a couple of million dollars a year. The perception, and, and, and they're indicative of how most teams are, you know, the perception that NFL teams and players make a gazillion dollars like they do in baseball or the NBA, not the case. It really is not the case. Most players do not make even a million dollars a year. Now, they make 500, 600, 700,000, which, you know, again, is just damn good money. Don't get me wrong, but they're not all getting rich. You know, when their career is over, Chances are, after taxes and agents and all the the other fees that they have to pay, they got to go find themselves another job. They're not making enough money to last them their whole lifetime, like some of these cats are. So to sit there and think that one guy making that kind of money is not going to cause unrest in any NFL locker room, you're kidding yourself. And I don't think Kansas City is any different. They could talk about how great their offense is and how great Andy Reid is and how everyone loves Pat Mahomes, but I'm telling you, You know, when Kansas City doesn't renegotiate Chris Jones's contract and every single defensive player all of a sudden gets pissed off because their guy didn't get the extension like the offensive guy did, that's going to be the first crack in the armor. That team is in a lot of trouble. My Miami Dolphins will win a Super Bowl before Kansas City will win one again with Pat Mahomes. making that kind of money on this roster. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Thursday morning, 844-843-6879. More coming up with Scott Wetzel. Uh, we Four four eight four six eight seven nine Bagels and Bad Beats on a Thursday morning with yours truly, Scott Webster. That's Brett Beats, general manager of the Kansas City Chefs. Interesting, it's not the Chiefs' legacy. It's not Andy Reid's legacy. It's not the team's legacy. It's Pat's legacy. Uh, well, we'll see, Brett, when uh, Chris Jones holds out and doesn't suit up and is all pissed off. Maybe does play, but is just upset because he's not getting a long term contract. Uh, like the one you gave your your star quarterback. That's all dissension is going to be riddling. And I have absolutely zero faith in Andy Reed trying to be able to make everything work in that locker room. He has proven he's not been able to do that on different fronts. No sense getting into that now, but I have no faith whatsoever. Uh, When you start, you know, Google Kansas City Chiefs and Troubles, you'll see a boatload. So if you think Andy Reid has the personality to make everyone all get along, you're kidding yourself. You really are. Well, find out that uh, our guy Cam Newton, apparently, according to NFL Network's uh, Michael Girardi, is uh, very motivated this upcoming season to play for the Patriots. So Cam Newton is motivated, according to stories, to play for New England. Hmm, interesting. Now, we saw the video yesterday of him and his workout gym, you know, making fun of the Carolina Panthers for selecting, if you will, Teddy Bridgewater over him. We took him to task yesterday over that. So this has really nothing pertaining to him saying anything or doing anything. This is one of his former teammates apparently talking to NFL Network. That uh, that former teammate, whoever it may be, is expecting the Patriots to get a very motivated quarterback, according to NFL Network. One who's made a note of every team and coach that passed on him during his offseason season holdout. So clearly he was apparently listening to our program yesterday because we listed about all 15 of them that passed realistically on Cam Newton. So interesting. So what's the problem, Scott? Well, I don't know. It's interesting that motivation equals success, according to his former teammate. So let's take that for what it is. Let's say, okay, you're right, former teammate. Cam is now motivated, so that means he's going to be successful. I can only deduct from that, though, that last year he must not have been motivated when he suffered an injury and sat out most of the season. I can only deduct that he was not motivated two years ago when Carolina went six and eight in his 14 starts. I can only deduct from that he wasn't motivated three years ago when he threw for only 22 touchdowns with 16 interceptions. I can only deduct that he wasn't motivated four years ago when Carolina went again 6-8 and eight in his 14 starts. And I can only be uh, deducting that he wasn't motivated five years ago when Cam stunk out the joint in the Super Bowl, failing to even go for a fumble, for goodness sakes. And I can only deduct that he wasn't motivated six years ago when Carolina went a pathetic 5-8-1 and one in his 14 starts. Great. He's motivated this year. What about last year? What about two years ago, three, four, five, six years ago? What excuse then are we giving him then for failing miserably? Outside of going 15-1 and one and going to the Super Bowl, which, again, he embarrassed himself. He was so bad during the game and then after the game of the post-game press conference. Was the motivation not there then? Which one is it? Because if you're telling me he's going to be successful this year with the Patriots because he's motivated, Well, then, again, I can only deduct over the last six years he hasn't been motivated because basically he has been a mediocre quarterback at best, at absolute best. So even in his his glory, the Super Bowl year, he embarrassed himself in the game. Listen, it's great to be motivated. I was motivated on my wedding night, and uh, you know what? I fell asleep. Okay? (laughs) So you can be motivated. How about just winning the starting job first? All right, then we could talk. The little baby steps here for Cam. Before we anoint him as the savior uh, to the New England Patriot dwindling franchise and is going to lead him to the promised land, how about just getting his ass into the starting lineup? Can we do that first? Then we can talk about motivation because all this hype and all these videos, God forbid the guy should lose out. To, you know, uh, Matt Castle or Jared Stidham, the starting quarterback job. Then talk to me about his motivation if that occurs. And what happened? You think he's going to ride the bench very quietly? I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt it. So motivation is fine. Desire is fine. Executing, complete different story. He can be as motivated as the next guy. But history shows Cam Newton is just a mediocre quarterback. That's all he is. Not great, not awful, uh, probably should be a starter in the league if completely healthy, has shown that he could take a team to the Super Bowl, so he can't say that, even though that really was a defensive-driven team. But the bottom line is, you know, his, his records and his numbers speak for themselves. He's a mediocre quarterback. That's it, motivation or not. 844 843 uh, let us go to the phones with our good buddy, Pete in the Bronx, checks in on this Thursday morning. What's up, Pete? How are you, buddy?
2: Morning, Scott. How you doing, buddy?
1: Eh, not too bad. Not too bad.
2: How you doing, Scott? Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more about Cam Newton. Oh, God, is he overrated. Oh, my God. And I'll tell you who wolf, who I kind of like, but I'm tired of hearing the media bring him up every time. Can the media please shut up about uh, our boy in Dallas? please.
1: Dak you know, Prescott, yeah,
2: he is nowhere. Yeah, he is nowhere near the caliber of Patrick Mahomes. The NFL Network should be banned from the air.
1: Yeah, putting those two in the same sense. Yeah, put putting those two in the same sense. If they're doing that, and I know a lot of people are because they're thinking, okay, now he's going to get his one. It. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It, it's I it's mean, not it's, even close. I mean, that's insulting to Mahomes for goodness sakes.
2: Exactly. At least ESPN shut it down immediately. They said, no, nah, not even close. No. No. These clowns on the NFL Network, every day, Zach this, uh, Zach that, he is not Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, NFL Network.
1: Yeah, that's I amazing with him. Love the
2: team he, with the-
1: he, he might be, Pete, the most overhyped... Like, not a bad guy. You know, you can't say anything negative about him. So, it's not about his personality or anything. But, you know, I guess it's just because he's with the Dallas Cowgirls. But you talk about a quarterback no, that – exactly I mean, he's what just – he's mediocre. You know, no one expected anything he's from okay, him. He's okay, He's okay. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, that's he's it. Okay. He, he's okay. He's, he's not going to elevate your team.
2: He's grown. Right. Yeah, he's grown with that team. I would give him that, but my God, putting him with Patrick Mahomes, Sally Rise, are you out of your damn minds, in the NFL Network.
1: No, come on. Hell, I I wouldn't have I'm even given him thirty million about dollars. Dak
2: Prescott. I, I, uh, this is what I, 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 would I don't do think if I'm Dak Prescott.
1: Yeah, listen, yeah, I, Scott, I would take the no money play now. Is... Yes, yeah, Scott, I
2: agree with you. I don't think there's a player in the league that could get Patrick Mahomes' money. None. You hear me, yeah, Scott? None. You still there, buddy? Yep. Yeah, none. 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 Not, the only person I can see, because the owner's an idiot, okay, is if Tagalova stay healthy and win Stephen Ross a Super Bowl. He does that, Stephen Ross will give him $1 more. Do you want to bet on that?
1: Yeah. Or I, I, I'm really more interested in uh, – what dopey Bill O'Brien does with Deshaun Watson. You know, he he already is, is so, getting crucified for trading away DeAndre Hopkins, which I don't have a problem with. I really don't. I think he's so overrated. But he cannot lose Hopkins and then Deshaun Watson, you know, a couple of years later. So that's the one I fear. Are they going to give him – and I like him, but are they going to give him $40 million? He showed last year blowing that 24 nothing lead that he's not a $40 million a year quarterback just yet.
2: This guy, wasn't his fault. If that idiot, were to, instead of kicking a field, went for it on fourth and a half yard, Houston wins that game a blowout.
1: Yeah.
2: Am I right about that, Scott?
1: Probably. I'm okay,
2: keep with Watson. Would you do this, Scott? I think Houston's got a bad year, okay? Would you do this, Scott? Would you give them back their pick for Watson and throwing Tiger Lover, or would you take Trevor Lawrence?
1: Mm. That's a good one.
2: I know which uh, way I'm going.
1: I'll take Watson. I didn't like what I saw out of Lawrence last uh, year. I, I, I'll, I'll
2: take, know, I'll take, know, Watson. i, know, I think, Wow, wow, wow. I, I, I would go either way, but I would lean towards getting Trevor Lawrence and throwing Tiger Lover somewhere else, so he can get hurt somewhere else. But I ended with this with you. I like the baseball concept with the schedule and the team right. to me. I'll tell you, people are sleeping on. I, I know you like the Phillies. I like the Braves in that division. Scott, watch out for the White Sox, bro. I with Me yeah. and your buddy, Menlo, we were talking about that before this COVID came. The White Sox are loaded, Scott. They are loaded, okay? And they are loaded. Watch them, I'm telling you. Scott, I love you, man. I'll get you tomorrow, all right, buddy?
1: You got it, Pete. Appreciate that. Yeah, I hear that the White Sox and the Reds are the two darling teams, one in each lead that everyone seems to be jumping on. Um, I got to see it to believe it with both. I know they got some players, they do, but uh, if if you're white, you're counting on a lot of guys to really come through. Same thing with the Reds. You're asking guys who have been secondary guys in other teams to all of a sudden. That's an interesting trade proposal. Sean Watson or the Texan's number 1 pick in and to it. Interesting. I'll take lots as well. 844 843 6879. Bagels and Bad Beats with your truly Scott Wetzel. As uh, we approach now 41 minutes past the hour, taking you right up until the top of the hour, as we always do, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Lakers, Kyle Kuzma on uh, Dwight Howard announcing uh, the other day that he will be playing basketball after weeks of speculation that he wouldn't, but ultimately he decides he will. And I tell you, you know, I'm looking at FanDuel's odds right now, and you're still getting the Lakers at plus 260. That's actually not too bad. I I hate to say it. I'm going to have to put the Wetzel Black Cloud on them because, you know, asterisk season, shortened season uh, or not, I I can't have LeBron winning another championship. I I just can't. And realistically, to me, there are three teams that are standing in his way. The Clippers – who, oh, by the way, didn't have Kawhi Leonard show up with them at their training camp, although he is expected to report in a couple of days something's going on. They didn't say what, but that's a little bit of a concern. I don't think it's the virus, but who knows? But it's really the the Lakers, the Clippers, or to me, the Celtics. And, And I'm not counting on Toronto. I'm not even counting on the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm I'm not um, – it, it's three teams. I'd be surprised if someone won a championship outside of those three teams. And to be able to get the Lakers still on FanDuel anyway, a plus 260. Now that Howard is playing, he's not the be-all, end-all. But, you know, listen, he was actually halfway decent. Uh, forget about all his issues and his 5,000 kids with 5,000 different women. Uh, forget about all that stuff. He actually did help that team and was focused this year. So they are going to be a tough out. No Avery Bradley at this point, but who knows? You know, maybe a month or so from now, you know, Bradley changes his mind. And I got a funny feeling if a player opts out now and says a month from now, I want in. I got a feeling he's going to be allowed in. I, I I really do. Especially if it's going to help the L.A. Lakers. So you got decent odds at the Lakers at plus 260 to one. And, you know, they also have these uh, playoff uh, to make the playoffs or not. And if you have some balls, well, first off, you don't need balls for this, but they have the New Orleans Pelicans um, as plus 250 to make the playoffs. Wow. Now that little play in game tournament doesn't count. So if they finish in the number nine slot and you, um, you know, play in that and you lose, that doesn't count as making up the, the playoffs. So you have to actually be one of the final eight. So I think for sure the Pelicans are going to get into that number eight, uh, number nine slot. And, you know, whether they catch Memphis for the number eight spot or not, I'll take my chances at plus two fifty. I, I listen with their schedule. There is no reason in the world why they should not go at least. I mean, at absolute least six and two. If not seven and one, Memphis has a tough schedule. Spurs have a tough schedule. Phoenix has a tough schedule. We ran them down. Sacramento has a tough schedule. Pelicans have by far the easiest schedule. And while they're not going to probably get into the number seven slot, so they're probably going to have to play in that eight, nine game, I, like I said, with the NBA wanting Zion in the postseason, I will gladly, gladly take plus 250 on the Pelicans to make the playoffs. Absolutely. And then if you have some balls, um, you could say no to the Wizards because that team is falling apart at the seams, you know. And they're already what uh, four and a half games back, six and a half back. They got to make up like two, three games just to get into the eight, nine spot, which means they'd have to win two of those games. You'd have to lay forty five hundred to win a hundred bucks. I mean, I don't know how many too many people are going to actually do that, but if you did have the balls. Um, I don't think the Wizards team is, is going anywhere. Um, I'd I be very surprised about that. And I, I do the same thing with the Nets, but the Nets have a big enough cushion, even though they're falling apart at the scenes with uh, Torian Prince, as I mentioned earlier, deciding that he's not going to be able to play because he tested positive. So they're out four now starters plus Kyrie Irving on top of that. So that, that team is uh, falling apart at the seams for sure. Good to see uh, Bryson DeChambeau hopping on the Mr. Vegas bandwagon. See this story? I guess DeChambeau and, or excuse me, Brooks Kepka hopping on the uh, the Mr. Vegas bandwagon. I guess Kepka and DeChambeau don't get along for whatever reason. So we all know Bryson has been the uh, darling of the PGA world, right? As uh, he won the Rocket Mortgage Classic, he's putting on these 30, 40, 50 pounds, whatever it is, of muscle, uh, you know, in a four-month span, which. I doubt very highly uh, unless there's roids involved. So him and Brooksy don't get along. Now, Deshambo, in case you missed it this weekend, got into a little tiff with one of the cameramen on Saturday after he caught Deshambo throwing, not throwing, but swinging his club in disgust. And then he followed him down the fairway to see if he was going to have any more outbursts. He did not. Uh, and DeChambeau didn't quite understand why a cameraman would continue to watch him and try and show him in a bad light. So they got into a little tip back and forth. So anyway, um, Brooks Kepka sent out an Instagram or a tweet, whichever the case may be, of someone pushing a cameraman. And people are now assuming that was a little dig at Bryson DeChambeau. So because they do not get along, and uh, that that's a beautiful thing. It would, you know, the more and more I hear of Brooks Koepka, the more and more I like him. I, I, he's got a personality. Um, he's good. He's not a dope. He seems to be, you know, I he may not he might not be the most popular guy on tour, but he's not Patrick Reed either, who everyone hates. So he, he's not Tiger Woods, who everyone loves. He's not, you know, Patrick Reed, who everyone hates. He's not Phil Mickelson, who everyone loves as well. Uh, you know, he's right in the middle. He's got enough personality that's going to rub some people the wrong way, uh, but he's also good enough and smart enough and and friendly enough to have some friends as well. He's just a bit of a loner, apparently. So, I, I would love it for and you know what? So with the PGA, I don't doubt for a second they are just smiling from ear to ear because they need someone to pick up the torch for Tiger because Tiger. Listen, we all know his better days have gone. Um, You know, great win in the Masters last year, but uh, that may have been more of a fluke of just uh, a glimpse of the old days versus what we're going to see from here on out. Same thing with Mickelson. His best days are behind him. You know, Spieth has not able to pick up the slack and McIlroy and, you know, the list of others, Dustin Johnson, that we thought were going to be the next great Tiger Woods. None of them really have been. Same thing, you know, with, with Patrick Reed. So they, they need, PJ needs something, obviously, to get people to go to the, the TV sets and watch Saturday, Sunday afternoon. So any kind of rivalry would be phenomenal for golf. Um, they generally don't go that angle, but you know what? I I think they would absolutely love, especially when it's too, you know, you had the perfect storm with Tiger and Mickelson. I don't think those guys actually hated, hated each other. But you had, you know, Mickelson, who's friendly. So is Tiger, for that matter. But, uh, you know, Mickelson is the uh, great American white hope. And Tiger, you know, was the black hope. And then Tiger had some issues, obviously, off the course. But you, you had, like, the perfect uh, storm with, with both those guys. And, um, you know, you don't, you haven't had that in a long time. But the shamble, if he continues to win and Kepka continues to to win, that would be great just great for uh, the PGA and, and again more than anything else I would love the fact that someone else is taking shots at the uh, so that guy puts a needle in his ass pulls out some blood and takes a steroid test I am not giving him credit for anything anything I am I'm hesitant to uh, to, to bring up this story just because it's so ugh, it's your worst nightmare you know. You're you're just you know for me anyway. There was a story in Australia. Guys driving down the road. You see this last month, and he saw a snake in his car by his feet. And it turned out to be an eastern brown snake, which apparently is one of Australia's deadliest snakes. And this guy obviously flipped out. Was able to kill it, you know, and he was speeding down the highway in the process, so much so the police saw him and actually pulled him over, and this guy's yelling and screaming at the police officer, there's a snake inside my car, you know, he's going to kill me, I think I was bitten, and apparently if you get bit by one of these things, you're as good as dead. So he was not bitten as it turned out, but I mean, just, I I hate snakes. I just absolutely hate snakes. And that is the fear. Now we don't have too many here on long Island, knock on wood, but I grew up in a woodsy area where even the gardener snakes were just like, I, I just, I could deal with spiders. I could deal with flies. I could deal with insects, but snakes. And that's always like the biggest fear you hop in your car, and, you know, there's something at your feet, whether it's uh, a mouse or, or in this case, a snake. Oh, that, that's just, I don't even want to really read the rest of the story. All I know is he wasn't bit, he was able to kill it with his seatbelt and work knife. <laughs> I don't know how to fudge he did that, but he was able to kill it, um, and, and he's okay. So, Paul in West Orange, welcome to uh, Bagels and Bad Beats, Paul. Warner Scott. So the Kepka posted that t- it was uh, Kenny Powers from Eastbound and Down. Right. I saw the video. I didn't know that what was, it was, and, but, did, but it was a little five second little yeah, video. Yeah, so was that was it. It was an HBO show, and okay. he was a former athlete who who was on steroids. Oh, so it wasn't man. as subtle oh, as you, as you even might even think. Oh yeah! Oh, I didn't know. Oh that. yeah, that was
2: that oh, was it.
1: A... That's great. <laughs> oh yeah. That's I I I knew the the, the in the cameraman. I didn't realize the steroid accusation as well. Very nice, Brooksy. Very nice. I, that's that's funny. That's a good story. <laughs> yeah. So Donald, did you do your golf bets? No, I did not. I didn't know. hear. Gonna take a break and come back. You got any uh, tips for us, though? Uh, I actually took Kepka. I did top 10 at plus 180. Yeah, you like those top 10 picks, huh? I don't like those. I don't think you do Yeah, like, I, was swe- I was sweating it out with Simpson last week. He was, you know, was, yeah. was in the bag, and he finished actually tied for eighth. I got lucky. Yeah. See, that's the thing about those top so. picks, Paul. I mean, they can be like two shots off, but because there's so many ties – you know, you, you can be only two shots back yeah. because there's, you know, eight people in front of you. You know, you're dropping all the way down to 11 or 12. So I, that's why I don't think you get great value with those with those top 10s. It, it sounds like, oh, yeah, of course he's going to finish in the top 10. But, you know, uh, when the cuts are, are minus five and minus six for these tournaments, which is just crazy, um, you know, anybody is simply yeah. capable of posting a minus 10, 15, or 20. And if, if you, you know, if you don't post a crazy number, you're not going to come anywhere close to being at the top. Yeah, I think this course is a little bit tougher. I don't think the scores are going to be like they've been this that's week. Good. That's good. Because it's, it's been too easy for these guys. I mean, you can't be posting 20 on yeah. the Paris tournament. And, and literally, like I said, you know, I, I think the cut was either minus four or minus five this past weekend. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah. you, know, can you imagine shooting a yep. minus three and, and, you, and you fail to make the cut? I mean, that, that is – that's just nuts. I
0: can't, I can't imagine shooting minus three, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just shooting the minus three is his, uh, yeah, his arm. But then you shoot a minus three, and then you know. But in fact, I was reading a story about how some guy who was trying to make the tour um, and, and shot the back-to-back 64s, and yet he didn't even win the tournament, so he, he failed to make, like, a, a an open. He was trying to get it at some country. Um, I forget where it was, but. So it's not just here in the United States either. It's all over the place with these guys. These guys are bombing 350-yard drives. I mean, it's it's ludicrous, Paul. Yeah. All right, all right yeah, brother. I'll take a break here. I'll, I'll take a, we got a, a good so. call. That's great, Paul. Good call, man. Um, I ain't going to give the golf picks. We we got to get a break in here, and then when I come back, we'll do uh, stories that failed to make the cut. Uh, we'll we'll delve into a couple of those that we didn't have time to uh, talk about. And then uh, the PGA Tour this weekend. I uh, we got a few picks. uh Um, Generally speaking, we go with the top three guys, but then we're going to go also with uh, ones that make the cut. We always pick one of those out. So what's coming up next, Bagels and Bad Beats, on a Thursday morning with Scott Wetzel. Enough
2: is enough. I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday play.
1: it is Bagels and Bad Beats on this uh, Thursday morning wrapping up shop with a couple of things we didn't have time to get to, including our PGA picks. We don't have Tony Fina. Now, if you haven't uh, listened to us before, we've been going with the same three guys every single week under the premise that eventually one of these guys has to hit. And as long as one does, we're okay. We'll break even. And then, uh, you know, God forbid that one guy should win twice or maybe two guys win we're, we're well in hell of the game because of the the odds that we're getting so no Tony fee now this week to make a long story short so we're gonna replace him with Matt wolf who blew it last week falling apart on the back nine but you can get him at 55 to one so give me Matt wolf 55 to one I'm gonna take Jordan speed I'm you know hook liner sinker with this guy he's got to get his game back in gear eventually I would hope at 40 to one and then you know maybe I'm pissing away money but uh give me Jason day one more time at 65 to 1. Those are the three. Uh, Speed 40, Wolf 55, and Day at 65 to 1. I'm going to go with our lock of the weekend, Brooks Kepka. Now, you got to lay odds, but you know what? That's okay. We did it last week, uh, winning the hot dog eating contest, and we're going to do the same thing. Kepka to make the cut at minus 480. You know, you don't send a tweet out like he did, uh, making fun. Uh, Bryson and DeChambeau, and then failed to make the cut that weekend. You just do not do it. So give me Kepka minus 480 to make the cut as our absolute lock. We got to pay our mortgage uh, play of the weekend. Uh, stories we didn't have time again to get to. Alvin Gentry, head coach of the Pelicans, should be okay. Uh, he was cleared for travel. Good job by him. Jim Harbaugh up in Michigan is going to put off contract extension talk, still wants to stay. They apparently still want him, but with the coronavirus stuff going on, no go on that. And uh, Josh Gordon is putting up his uh, 2018 New England Patriots ring up for sale, which is really kind of sad when you think about it. I mean, I hopefully it's not for drugs. Great job by the phone calls, emailers, and tweeters. We'll do it again tomorrow right here. Big was and bad beats. It's Scott Wetzel.